Well, it took all of 96 minutes tonight to get some good-looking soccer, but you know what? The ball found the back of the net, and Eric Sorga brought D.C. United's first point, first three points uh, since March. Welcome to Tried and True, the D.C. United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Uh, John Lee joined, as always, by Sam Kastner, Joshua Morgan, uh, Michael Black, and uh, guys, we won a game again. Heck yeah, we did. <laughs> you know, you say Sorga like we're surprised, you know. Estonian messy. <laughs> we knew we knew before the year started. I think all of us were sitting there watching it, saying, "Hey, surely they're going to find a way to call this back or have some kind of issue with it." But no, that's that's a win. It's been a while. That is, yeah, it was very scary when they started looking at it back. But it didn't look like there was anything really to look at. So it's, I mean, it's fine. They can waste all that time they want. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's it's rare that we start the show so late in the game, but I, truly there wasn't a whole lot more to talk about <laughs> before that point. I, I don't think that's true. I think that we didn't play poorly. I think, you know, New Jersey had more of the more of the shots and they were in our half a little bit more than I would have liked, but I think Seitz had a better game than he had against Philly. I think uh, Kevin had low a low bar there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but he did it, right? He, like, could have had the same game and he didn't. He came back. Um you know, I think Kevin had a really good game. I think, um, you know, Kamara had a couple really great ones runs that I think we wish he would have put in the net. Um, so I think that there is more to talk about, and there were more promising things in this game than against Philly and even against some of the other games we've had in this third part of the season. Oh, I, I totally agree. You know, it, it's hard to say that, hey, it's a, you know, it's a 90-minute game, and if you – looked at it going into the 90th minute and say, Hey, this is a zero zero draw more than likely. You know, what do you take out of it? Is it, you know, a soccer purist? Hey, you know, we had some good ball movement, some opportunities, but obviously, you know, the entire mindset changes with that, you know, magic moment in the 96 minute from Sorga. Uh, and it wasn't really something that you thought, Hey, you know, this team is definitely going to find a way to create that chance. You know, it's just a question of you know when it's going to happen. It kind of came out of nowhere and, yeah, and I think a lot of refs like don't let that corner kick happen. Too, a lot of them will see that it's at stoppage time, and they would just let it go. Well, it, yeah, not not only that, but you know, we saw we saw Benny getting into it with the official beforehand, which I oh my goodness, the, the, the four of us were like, well, we're definitely going to find out about that in in the post game. Now, I wonder if that'll even come up. But I, sometimes you even see refs just say, you know what, it clocks at ninety six now. Like you don't even get your corner. That's like, what I mean. It. Yeah, know, the I'm first like one, let alone the second, right? Right. Yes. Oh, we were all joking too that like Yao could almost have that shot. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's exciting, and and it's you know another youth movement tonight. Obviously, one of the one of the challenges right now, just with so many injuries. You know, I, I joked on Twitter earlier, and and you know, thoughts out to Felipe, and hopefully a, a quick recovery. But unfortunately, we know it probably won't be with an ACL. Uh, yeah. But but that quickly went from a position of depth for this team to uh, really scary really quick with Canals, Felipe now hurt. You know, we've been running formations with two uh, center defensive mids. Uh, Abu stepped in and put in a good shift tonight, and then he left early. Um, so that it kind of leaves Moreno and, and Nyman, who had some good minutes again tonight. It was uh, unlucky to get a couple fouls called on him. I think uh, he, he, he got the ball first one time and then did run through the attacking player, which obviously he can't do. But yeah. Kid 16, it's exciting to see him out there, too. I mean, this is, a, this is a game where we beat the Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena for the first time in something like 10 years, and we played three guys who were under the age of 20. Like, 
again, it's hard to overestimate just how much that one moment changes your entire perspective on the game, entire perspective on how things are going. But we won a rivalry game. That's that's such a huge thing. And given where we are on the table, that moves you right on up. Well, and we see him again here in, in, in just over a week. I believe it's next Saturday. Uh, you know, they come to town here. But, um, you know, I, I, I got to give credit. And, and, of course, we'll be hearing live from uh, Coach Olson and a couple of players here in just a few moments. Uh, but, but, Sam, you actually, I think, brought it up uh, while we were watching the game that, you know, you got to give some credit to Ben for, for this lineup that, Really, I mean, they didn't look as if they were defending for their lives, although they didn't have a whole lot of possession to start the game. But they were pretty effective. And, and I know at one point I said, boy, guys, the Red Bulls are not good. Um, and, I, and I think that's also true. Um, but, yeah, th- this Which, was a totally different fan experience sorry, Sam, than, than, than the Philly game. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the Red Bulls haven't been in good form either recently, right? Like, they've been a little better than we have, but it's not like they're just racking in the wind. So um, this is definitely an opportunity, and Ben shifted um, from the three in the back to five in the back, which I think just suited this team well. And I think he knew we were going to absorb pressure, and we were able to do that. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Seitz had a very um, – he had a much better game than he did against Philly. There were a couple really tense moments, but I think for the most part, like, we gave them – just as many kind of tense moments with those runs that Kamara had. And we had some really nice um, crosses in the middle. One that Kevin had comes to mind. So I I think it was a a more even game than we've seen from DC United in this entire three-part MLS series. Yeah. And and we're going to have to look back on at the end of the season and say, you know, how good were some of these teams actually, you know, watching the rebels today, they did not look like some of the fearsome teams that we've seen from the past. And it hurts to say a fearsome Red Bulls team, but you know, this is not a team that you expect to challenge for a supporter shield or, you know, look like they're going to make a playoff run and then bow out early as they tend to do. Uh, But regardless, it's still a rivalry game. It's still a game that you're playing on the road and a place that you haven't traditionally done well against and against a style that you typically don't play well against. And it was not a full park the bus, you know, let's see what we yeah. do on the counter. It was very much an intentional, hey, we're going to defend first, but we're still going to go forward and have our opportunities. And we got one of those opportunities in a nice six minute. Yeah, and I think it, it shows – it was a very realistic approach to this game too. I mean, five of our starting – team is out right now so I don't think there was the expectation from anyone that we were always going to be on the front foot in this game and the team did very well with that in mind yeah 98th minute actually we've all been going off of <laughs> the, the amount of stoppage time we should have had but yeah, it was the 98th minute on the clock and and I, I'm, I'm sorry I zoned out for a second there there's a really cool video of Paul Ariola celebrating the goal that's going around Twitter oh, that's right now awesome. I just retweeted um, he was jumping up and down a little bit which makes me a little nervous oh, with he's, the, he's, he's playing again yeah he's training, he, he's, so. the, the knee looks fine so maybe he'll be back yeah, hopefully so. <laughs> I think yeah I don't know uh, look, I, I was setting up the Twitter. We had a little bit of technical issues, but I got them figured out. But uh, while I was doing that, Never I heard now. a lot of glowing reviews going around. And I just, I'm glad Black brought us back, back to earth. Like, this was a very ugly game. The New oh, York Red sure. Bull, like Black said, are, are not with New York Red Bull. They're not going to win the Supporters' Shield this year. Uh, DC United, 
It wasn't our ugliest game, though. Like, it was progress compared to the games that we have been playing recently. Uh, If Sophist Time is only 95 minutes, do you say the same thing? Yeah, I do. No, you don't. No. No, I I absolutely I think you watched that 0-0 draw. We were like, yay, a point, but we're still doom and gloom on the season. Okay, I mean... And a lot of people are probably still there, right? Okay, so do we have to win by five every single game going forward for you to be happy? Like, this was progress. It was a step Uh, in the right direction. I I would be happy with winning. Yes, I I would also. (laughs) I can confirm would be thrilled. I'd be fine with three, honestly. But uh, no, you know, t- to your point, y- y- yes, our demeanor on it changes immediately because of that one goal. I think, th- you know, going into the stoppage time, we looked back on the game and said, hey, it's going to be hard to pick out things to talk about. There weren't major you know, penalties missed. There weren't huge opportunities. I mean, I think a couple stand out that we can you know talk about later in the show. But frankly, it was not a game where you said, hey, this is something I'm going to go back and watch as a classic, oh, even yeah. though it was a you know struggle all the way through that's not what i'm saying at all it changes i'm just saying that it it was better than we have been so if you guys are asking for progress in this season that's what we saw today was progress we saw runs forward we saw the entire i don't know about that i don't know about that. i don't know if i can agree with that i don't think this redefines our season i I don't think it redefines our season either sorry this is one of the those results that could have gone either way and i'm glad that we got the result our way we got a little i'm not even talking about the points though i'm talking about the play on the field it was better this isn't even like half our starting lineup you can't even take that that that, that makes it even more so then like when are we getting them back though like felipe's not coming back this season paul might not come back this season like i think this was a good showing for the team that was on the the field people on the injury list uh, yes it was a good i'm glad that this this group i'm so happy for sorga because this may be his confidence this has not changed the season for dc united Uh, yeah i thought we looked better against cincy significantly better against cincy and this is sorga coming in in the 90th minute i think it had just ticked over to 90 when he entered the game so you know full credit to him for taking advantage of the opportunity he got and you know going back to something that sam said earlier as far as you know giving ben olsen a little bit of credit and i think we're going to switch over to the uh press conference here soon but to give ben olsen a little bit of credit with all the injuries he did change the lineup and yeah come at it with a different approach and it worked i'm just yeah th- and that's a little bit of my point is you can't just come at it saying we should dominate every single game that's not realistic we're making steps in the right direction yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that's what what we're saying either. I, I mean, I, I think defensively they were they were sound. They did what they needed to do. Um, Josh, you just let me know whenever we're ready to go live. I think we're ready. Ben's at the podium. All right, let's send it to Ben Olson. Once that made you believe maybe something special could come out of uh, a late appearance from him. Well, the decision was it was twofold. Uh, one was we thought Eric and Griff could give us a little energy, uh, and the game needed that even for a couple minutes, you know, uh, Ola and Uli put so much work in and uh, were so disciplined throughout the night and how they defended that, uh, you know, and, and they were also tired. You know, there's a lot of games here and uh, for both teams and teams are, you're starting to see get uh, fatigued in the end. And if you, if you can pop in the right sub every now and then it can make a difference. And I thought Eric and, and Griff and, uh, did a good job even for that brief time, giving us some energy, making some uh, a few movements that caused them trouble. And then, you know, he gets himself free, gets a shot on target, takes a, a what I assume is a deflection off of them. And, uh, you know, and that was it. So, but, you know, it, it's about that, but it's really, it's about the group effort tonight. The, the, the discipline that uh, the, the players had today and, 
the willingness to work for each other was was incredible and uh, we wrote our luck uh, once or twice but we also had very good transition moments that we were close to uh, whether, whether it's Ola's or, or Muhammad Abu has a chance in transition so we, we, we get a few looks uh, but overall our discipline and it was a, a gutsy performance from the guys. Really proud of them. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. We'll go to Pablo next. Pablo, go ahead. Ben, um, just given the injury situation, given the, you know, the winless streak, which I think was at six, um, given the opponent, uh, you know, does, does this feel a little sweeter than it normally would? And <clears throat> you feel this is something you guys can build off of? Yeah, I mean, Wins always feel a little bit better than losses, but this one, it's a fair question. Um, you know, I don't think we've won here in a decade. Uh, that's what someone told me here when I got here. Uh, you know, we've had some good performances here, and it's been a while since we've won, as you said. So, uh, and then with the injuries, and again, playing Kevin and getting Moses in there and Griffin, some of these young guys, and Moabu getting a chance to play tonight, and I thought he did a very good job. And, Playing Joseph Mora as a, a, a center back, essentially. And, and Fred played hurt. Uh, Fred wasn't 100% either. Uh, so th there's a lot going on. And uh, it, it would have been an easy game to throw in the towel. And these guys uh, showed a lot of resiliency. And uh, again, very, very extremely proud of them tonight. We'll go back to Steve Goff. Steve, go ahead. And what. Um... On Sorga again, um, what uh, what do you see as his potential um, as a as a striker or a poacher in this in this league? Well, I think you know early in the year he came on and I think really helped us in particular in that Miami game and um, then you know I thought he had a little bit of dip in form there in Orlando and, and uh, you know partly that's us in a new league and, and new information and you know it's important for us to make sure he's very clear on what we want out of him. Uh, you know, over the last week, he's he's really shown that uh, he's a guy that we can rely on. Uh, it, in particular, it gives us a little energy off the bench. Uh, we see his finishing ability uh, at practice, so we, we know he has a knack for goals and he has a history of scoring scoring goals. Uh, and uh, you know, so it's it's it's. I thought he came in last game and did a good job, and and, and that's what this is about. And it's not going to get any easier, right? The games are going to keep on coming every four days. And when the schedule comes out for the next 12 games, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be um, three games in a week. And with that, everybody needs to be uh, engaged and uh, ready to go. And I think this time, hopefully, my, my hope is that be, by playing young guys and playing uh, a little bit further down your end, being forced to play these players, uh, is going to allow us to be a better team when we do get players back so we can rotate with confidence. And uh, I think that th these type of nights give you confidence in guys like Abu and, uh, and Sorga and, and, and our youngsters, who I thought, again, held up, held up pretty well. We'll take a few more questions. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, ben, you've mentioned uh, Mohamed Abu a couple of times, and we've only seen him. Uh, sporadically, but now that you've got Felipe injured, you've got uh, Canals on the mend, um, what maybe differentiates him in that midfield role from the rest of the guys? 
Well, he, he showed a lot of elements today that we, we like. Um, he was a little feistier. He had a little bit uh, – he had some real steel tonight to his game. That's not always something that he's relied on for. But I think he understood the task tonight, and, and he showed that part. His work ethic and, and tackling and, and some of the stuff that doesn't always come supernatural to him. But his, his passing and his composure is um, – as good as it comes for the midfielders that we have. At training, there's days where he can really dictate the rhythm uh, of the game and uh, uh, his range of passing over distance is good. He, he's under control. He has a good 360 uh, brain. He has different set of eyes. And so we, we, he's going to get his shot too. I mean, this, today was a, a, a big step for him. We got an, an offshore faith in him and um, him responding and now as you said with Felipe with the ACL uh, you know that's uh, uh, it, it opens up a door for him and all these injuries open up opportunities for others and uh, but you, you'll, you'll see you'll see more of him uh, a shout out to Felipe it's it's a brutal it was a brutal day yesterday and, and uh, you know a, a freak little 5v2 uh, ACL for him and, and he's out for the rest of the season and uh, he's been such a, a big part of, of this team on and off the field and he's a, a, a guy who has a, um, a big personality and we, I asked the players with him and Steve and Paul some of these guys out that have personality others have to step up in these moments and uh, I, I think the guys did that today. We'll take one more question. We'll go to Jimena. Jimena, go ahead. Coach, what was the key strategic factor to getting this win? One more time, Jimena. What was the key strategic factor to getting this win? Well, the, the game was always, again, the way we went about the game, it was always going to look like this, where they, they had the ball and, and our line was around half field and maybe a little higher at times. And uh, we were going to look to hit them on the counter and use their aggression against them. Um, uh, I, I thought, uh, you know, for the most part, it, it played out. But they, look, they, they have a lot of chances. They have a lot of the ball. Um, if they were a little sharper in a few areas, uh, the game could have been much different. But uh, again, I thought the few times we got into transition moments, we got good looks. Uh, some didn't come off, some did, and, and, and we had an opportunity or two to uh, hit them uh, on the break. So uh, overall, Hermeta, it's just how I drew it up, I suppose. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate your time. Well, certainly a much more talkative and uh, even even cracking jokes, Ben Olsen. First time DC United have won uh, away to the Red Bulls in 10 years, which is quite something if you think about it. Um, but it's, it's it's good to see Ben in, in good spirits there. And um, yeah, we're, it sounds like we're going to be hearing from uh, just, just the two guys I would have selected as well coming up here shortly. Uh, Chris Seitz and Eric Sorger will also be joining us here momentarily. But thoughts on Ben's remarks? Uh, I thought the part about the youth players, and, and it kind of plays to what Sam was making an argument against me, is that getting these guys good reps and, and a full 90 for a lot of them uh, in a win is, is a great confidence boost uh, away against your rival. Like, that's that's probably the toughest game DC United will face, not talent-wise, but atmosphere-wise, uh, just knowing what that game means and, and that it's away in the stadium that's not theirs. 
Uh, and then uh, they they played well in their role. I, I don't. I'm not in love with what happened tonight. Uh, I'll stand by that. But it, it is good to, to see these guys get that work. I'm not saying you have to be in love with what happened tonight. I'm just saying that you have to, to admit. I understand <laughs> that. I think we're building up to that, right? But it's unrealistic to expect us to have the performances we've been having and then just flip a switch and like light this league on fire. I think as a fan base, obviously that's what we want, but we need to take it step by step. And today was one of those steps. I am happy to be in love with the last two minutes of DC United soccer I've seen uh, going before the recency that. bias is strong. Right yeah, now. <laughs> recency is strong. But there, I will take one issue with uh, something that Ben said about being forced to play some of the young guys. You know, yeah. got to give them credit for getting those guys on the field and finding a formation that gives these guys an opportunity to succeed as they did tonight. But it's still a, very much a mindset of well, these are the guys that we have, so we have to play them. Uh, I think all of us would like to see opportunities for these guys to break into the squad that aren't just based on a historically yeah. you know, terrible injury sure. selection. Uh, so I, I will you know, temper things a little bit with that. But, you know, again, got to give them credit. You got the guys out there. Got you know another basically full ninety minutes out of Paredes. You know, got some good minutes for uh, Nyman down the stretch, and then yeah. Yao down the stretch as well. Like, you know, these guys are getting out there and they're playing, and you know, we'd love to see those results come not just tonight but in the future. We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. And if you've got thoughts on tonight's uh, big last second win uh, away to the Red Bulls, let us know using the hashtag Tried and True DCU uh, or jumping in any of our various streaming services in, in the chats. Or, of course, you can always text us at 202 892 6328. We've got a few texts coming in already, and it, we are just a few moments away from player availability. But we'll, we'll, we'll jump into the first question we've received here from our friend Donald Wine. Despite how boring the game may have been, <laughs> beating Red Bull for the first time in Jersey since 2011 in the regular season has got to be a boost. Does this give the guys a confidence boost ahead of Sunday's match uh, against New York City FC? Absolutely. I think that's part of what Ben touched on, too, is that this was a great result for them and they were able to put in the work. Um, and someone in the chats was just, or, or, in, or sorry, a Twitter chat was just saying, too, that the young players have been doing so well. They've seemingly improved every single game. So it's really only positivity for them to have gotten this result. Yeah. Sorry. And, and that's why you play them. Yeah. I, I think it's important to get this win. I, I did I did the calculations before today's game because I was in that kind of mood that I'm sure we all in. <laughs> it was 177 days, and I know coronavirus, and there was a lot of breaks in that, but it was almost half a year for, for D.C. United fans. It's been a long, long time. Uh, to, to see a, a win like that, and, and you don't want that in the locker room. Uh, we play on a pretty bad soccer team, and, and you just lose every game. You start – you have no confidence. <laughs> our Monday night <laughs> Yeah, our Monday night – I mean, that's how it feels. I just – I, I thought we were going to be a good good force in the lower league this year when the coronavirus came through. But, no, I agree with you, Joshua. I mean, I think getting a win, especially for these young guys. I mean, we, we haven't won since Paredes was starting. We haven't won since we've seen significant minutes for, for Yao and Nyman. Obviously, Orlando was mostly a disaster. No, it's huge, and it's huge to win away. I mean, I, I recognize that there's no fans, but you, they still got on a plane this morning. They chartered. They took a bus. There was – it was probably louder than a normal Red Bull game with all the noise they were piping in there. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to win that game. And then you come home against a New York City team that's that's definitely better than the Red Bulls. But 
No, I, I think they might have a little bit of swagger. I, it's exciting. And, and, and they've got to have a chip on their shoulder knowing just how decimated this team is with injuries. Now they've got a little bit of belief, and, and that's a dangerous thing. So going into that, one of the questions in the chat is, so is this DC going forward? Is this what you think we can expect now? I don't think that we can expect to win games in the 98th minute uh, <laughs> after basically having nothing happen. But you know, hopefully this is a, a turning point and a belief that, hey, something you, know, you keep working, good things happen. That's kind of the same attitude we had after the Toronto game where we really had no business being in it after being down 2-0 and yeah. they found and a way down. to call the yeah. way back. Uh, so hopefully that is what we see moving forward. And this game couldn't have come at a better time considering – just how terrible that Philly game was over the weekend. And I certainly don't want to dwell on that game, but this is a result that you really needed because that blowout is the kind of thing that can cascade and ruin a season. And I think there's something to be said about that is that that's almost what has happened to this point, right? Is we haven't had a whole lot to build on like, yeah, that Toronto game, but it it was still just a tie. It felt like a win, but it was just a tie. So you had that. And then we kind of just like, we're sliding downward and you could see that the team was really getting down on themselves. So I think it speaks huge that that culminated in the Philly game, which was a sight to see. And then you were able to turn it around and play with that confidence today. Josh was going to come in with some outrageous stat based on his expression here. Oh no. I just peeked at the the table and we're a playoff team now, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We jumped. I looked at that earlier. We jumped up to like what 10th or 9th or something like that. Yeah. The expanded bottom line. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously they're they're allowing more teams in this year as a result of of COVID-19, but it was funny, you know, we, we've been covering the the press conferences, you know, match day minus two or so lately. um, And and we, we got a lot of interaction on, on one of Benny's quotes from yesterday that, you know, hopefully team gets a little bit healthier and then they can make a run at the playoffs. And it was, it was some, <laughs> some frustration from the fan base that yeah, that would be considered good enough and stuff. <laughs> right. But uh, with this, with this roster, with the, these injuries, um, yeah, I mean, sneaking in the playoffs would be huge for this team. Obviously that's not the goal year in year out is to make it into the playoffs and exit. We know that, but I, I do say that this this team this season it it's it's not the same expectations as the last couple of years it can't be with with the hand they've been dealt. Yeah, I mean, you talk about you know it, it's really still too early. And it looks like we're going to shift to the press conference just a second here, but it's really too early to be looking too closely at the table. You know, like I said earlier today, had we tied Miami instead of beating them, we would be tied for last in the conference. Uh-huh. But as it is, we're now finding ourselves in a playoff spot. Yeah, but you got to win games. You can't make the playoffs on just ties and you know gutty performances. So, uh, are we ready to cut over? All right, Chris Seitz at the podium now. Time's running out, and Eric lines up that uh, that shot. Yeah, look, we we pushed late, and and we know that we're a set piece team, uh, especially on the road. We have to be good on set pieces, and probably throughout the year we've been a little bit disappointing. So. With our size, we knew that we were going to get opportunities, and we knew to take advantage of them. And, and so we came in and. And provided provided a spark. Uh, a lot of our subs did today, and he came in and he took a chance. And he's been doing really well in training. He's been working really hard, and that's great to see him get rewarded on the field. Thanks, Chris. We'll go to Emily Olson next. Emily, go ahead. Uh, congratulations, Chris. Uh, can you describe uh, basically the the mentality and the feelings of this group over the last week, whether it's uh, this comeback, this, this win versus the game against Philly, the injuries that have happened, um, including, you know, a, a leader on the team in Felipe. Can you just describe the overall feeling this last uh, a week or so? 2020 has been very difficult on us. Um, I mean, we've obviously had a bit of an injury bug and we have guys that are working extremely hard and 
it's unfortunate when stuff like that happens. Uh, Felipe is one of the hardest workers in our team. He's one of the first in the locker room and one of the last out and, and a vocal leader. So to lose a guy like that um, a day before a game is, is really difficult. And it's hard on the guys, to be honest. But it's, we kind of have a little bit of a next man up mentality, though. And Abu came in and, and did great. And I think after Philly, we, we realized that we didn't really have personality out there uh, in, in the Philly game. And, and we didn't really put our stamp on the game. And we didn't we weren't hard to play against. And, and we kind of just went out there and, and weren't great. So uh, coming into this game, we wanted to have a bit more personality. Uh, be harder to break down and, and defend first and, and take our chances going forward when we could. And uh, Ola had a great chance early in the second half, and, and obviously we got one late with Sorga, and it was a great, it was a great uh, one to victory. Thanks, Chris. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Chris. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I know lately, as a goalkeeper, you're having to organize teams that have been uh, chopped and changed out of necessity with the injuries and the number of games. Um, how was it tonight trying to stay organized with the number the numbers the Red Bulls were throwing at you? Yeah, it was, it was good to have Fred back, to be honest. Uh, Fred is a vocal leader as well, and him coming in there kind of stabilized our back line a lot. And uh, he obviously has a lot of experience and uh, was able to marshal the back line, and, and he did a great job helping us tonight. Uh, Look, we knew that they're going to send numbers forward. They, they play four high quite a bit, and they have a lot of talent uh, going forward. So for us, we knew that we needed to keep our five back tight and uh, compact and force them wide and, and let our big boys do well in the air and uh, make sure that we were hard to break down tonight. And I think we did a great job. Our guys in the middle worked hard, and, and Freddie and Don uh, were big and dominant in the air, and, and it was a great team performance. Thanks, Chris. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. Chris, felicitaciones, congratulations. What effect will this win have in the locker room? Oh, it's great. Uh, look, 2020 has been a really tough year for us. And uh, all we can do is continue to fight. And, and to get a win like this on the road uh, is a great spark for us. It's a great uh, reminder that if we work hard and we work as a group and, and, we, play, and we play our brand of soccer, um, it doesn't have to be necessarily pretty on the road. And, uh, if we do the right things, and, and we can ground out some results. And tonight is a great reminder of that. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give us a little bit of spark for Sunday, for sure. Great. We'll take one more question. We'll go to Mauricio from El Zol. Mauricio, go ahead. Uh, congratulations, Chris. Um, do you think that the change of mentality on the defense was the key to win and to keep uh, the first half scoreless? I do. I think we had the mindset that we were going to be really hard to play against tonight. Uh, we knew that they are an extremely high-pressing team. They press high up the field and, and try and win uh, turnovers in the attacking third and, and go. And so we wanted to create an opportunity to where they didn't have those chances. And we did a really good job of, of playing behind the first two lines and, and giving Ulysses and Ola a chance to hold up the ball for us with the Emil uh, coming underneath and, and creating some opportunities. So for us, we had a, a really good game plan for this game. And, and we knew we wanted to play and we knew our identity and uh, we went up there and we executed tonight and so to be able to do that on the road against a rival is, is huge. Chris thanks again man thanks for the time. Yep. That's DC United goalkeeper Chris Seitz uh, at the mic giving his thoughts on what I thought was an excellent performance out of him tonight. Hey, congrats on the shutout I mean uh, that's we already hit on that a little bit but it's a night and day from last time. He had such a good game today, I thought. He, he came out with a lot of really great saves. Yeah, we looked uh, early, and I know I know Joshua was ready to give us some stats here, but oh. w we looked early, especially when Ola didn't quite convert or really put it on frame on his 
pretty good chance he had anyways in the first half. We did look, and, and the biggest chance of the game was was the, the save that Sites made earlier on, uh, which was awesome for the Red Bulls. So that was, that was a big, big save for Sites, and you're going gonna to bring us down now with the stats. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's a, It was a little bit Benny Ball. So 17 shots for them, four on target, five shots, three on target for us. So yeah. so we limited it to the shots that, that mattered, I, I, and I just – told you guys while we were listening to the sites that i don't understand red bull's approach to this game they they try to score off set pieces uh, and, and we have pines in the back he's literally yeah, like massive can, can dunk on most of those red bull yeah. players uh and so maybe maybe that is you know props to ben for for like he said just like he drew it up huh <laughs> <laughs> do you know what struck me though as site said you know, there's so much positivity. There's a question about what the atmosphere is like in the locker room. And he just said that there's so much positivity in 2020 has been crazy, but this is a group of guys that believe they can grind it out. You know, he said it doesn't have to be pretty on ro- on the road, but that kind of struck me as, I mean, this is a team that's never claimed to play pretty it's soccer. Pretty and home, you guys yeah. can, can be mad about that if yeah. you want, but at least they like own what they are, right? Like that's not what they go out to do. They go out to like grit out and win games. And you, you saw that today. It, it's a super likable group of guys. I, I think we've said that all along. And I think that's one of the things that's so frustrating sometimes when they're not playing well is, you know, they're, they're so likable. You want them to do well. And, and, and they still believe in the team. Like we, we said that so much over the past several games is that they still all think that this team can come through. So they yeah. also just like each other. Well, and you wonder how much of that is a factor of where we are in the season, because as players, they're used to saying, hey, it's September, it's the final playoff push. It's really just the beginning of the show right now. And so, you know, yeah. you've only played a couple We're of games. Halfway. Like, there is a whole lot of season left to go and see what happens. You know, I do wonder how positive we'd be hearing from guys at Chris Seitz afterwards if we hadn't just pulled off a, you know, kind of miraculous win at the uh the final whistle here tonight uh, but i do think that you've still got some positive in the locker rooms clearly it's a team that thinks they should be involved in games you know there wasn't any lack of fight today like we've right you know questioned the past hey is, is there a question that maybe we'll start seeing uh these players not give it their all because of where we're at and we didn't see that tonight looks like we're about to get a press conference on the goal scorer here so i'll uh, i'll turn it over yeah eric sorga joining us live Take, uh, questions from the media we'll go one by one and we'll see if we can get through as many as possible sound good yeah right all right, great. We'll go ahead and start with Steve Goff. Steve, go ahead. Eric, congratulations on the goal. Um, Thank you. Could you describe um, the whole sequence that led up to the goal and the way you struck it and your emotions of that moment to win the game? Yeah, you know, I was very happy. It's obviously. So uh, I I think this is was good for the team, you know, because we finally won since the March. So it was good struggle for the team, and uh, we will prepare for the next game. So, yeah. Great. Thanks, Eric. Reminder for media to raise your hand if you have a question for him. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Hi, Eric. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, congratulations on the goal. Thank you. Um, I know this year coming to a new league, uh, having so many disruptions with with covid with the league with everything um what is this moment for like for you personally getting a, a game-winning goal in a in a rivalry game um of course yeah it was hard because the covid started yeah, and um we had 
six months without the football. So yeah, I came to a new team. It was hard for me because uh, obviously, it's, like I said, it's a new team. Yeah, so uh, I do my best to help the team to be in shape, you know. So the winning goal was, for me, I think it's very good for the team. And like I said, it's very good also for me. Thanks, Eric. We'll go to Mauricio next. Mauricio, go ahead. Uh, congratulations on your goal. Uh, welcome to DC. First goal for you. And of course, on, uh, on the Red Bulls Arena since 2011. Uh, do you think that uh, it was the right moment or it was just, um, how, how can I say it, uh, a moment of desperate, a desperate moment to just score the goal? You know, obviously, for me, it was my decision because on the tactics, um, uh, had to be on the middle uh, or, or between the, our guys. So it was my decision to get back. So and away ball is there. So it's luckily happened. So ball goes to me and I did just my job. Thanks, Eric. We'll take two more questions. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena, go ahead. Eric, felicitaciones, congratulations. Um, where does uh, tonight's goal rank in your favorite moments in MLS? Say again? Where does scoring tonight's goal rank in your favorite moments in MLS? It looks like we lost uh, Eric there. We'll we'll rejoin if he comes back to the podium. But um, definitely exciting to see him, <laughs> you know, taking media availability, and and he sounds very excited about about a big goal at the end of a big win for DC United. Um, we we do have a question, and we'd encourage you guys to get involved using the hashtag Tried and True DCU or. Uh, uh, join the, the YouTube chat or, of course, uh, on, on Periscope through Twitter. Um, but our question, uh, again, from our friend Donald, speaking, sticking with the attack, right, what do we need to be looking to uh, in, in creating that attack? We had only five shots tonight, uh, as Joshua pointed out, and we looked pretty anemic for most of the match. With so many injuries right now in the squad, who can we turn to in order to get the attack moving forward and creating more chances? That's a big question. Um... Maybe Eric Sorga. I, I we we talked a little. We can get to that in a little bit. I want to confess, Ola Kamara is not scoring twenty goals this year. Uh, I think that I, I he thought can he, score some though. Like, I thought I'm not sure anymore. I would uh, expect more from him. I I look. I, I looked a, at his record. I I posted on Twitter in response to John's John's tweet about me realizing this that he, he's look he's not what we thought we had. Uh, I hyped him up. He he's proven goal scorer in this league, and and he spent a little bit of time away, and apparently he lost all this form or maybe this team is just not providing for him but uh, either way it's not working right now i would argue tonight was the first opportunity that he really was on the field and getting those chances and yeah he didn't finish a couple key ones which was unfortunate but i, I wouldn't write him out of the team i mean he had a very similar uh, 
attack versus Philadelphia, you know, it, it was a ball where it ended up getting cut out by the keeper at the last second. But it was a similar situation where you know he's through and has an opportunity to put a finish in and doesn't. And obviously, it's a lot harder than it looks. It's not a video game by any means. But uh, yeah, you do have to start questioning at some point yeah, if can. it's just not happening. You can't you can't keep putting him up there and not getting goals. Uh, Sorga is eventually gonna if Sorga can keep coming on and getting getting goals in his out of time that 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 time period that he's on the field is gonna be increased. Whether, right. whether it's both of them or he takes over the role and look you, you just got to go with who's ever hot that's, that's sports and, uh, and, and we were talking beforehand about how Sorger really hadn't shown us much this season no. you know he had a little bit of opportunity before the the COVID break and didn't really show up at all in Orlando uh so I think it's a little bit premature to say that Sorga is going to knock Kamara out of playing time. Right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Sorga come in, you know, in a 65th, 70th minute sub and yeah. get a, a little bit more time. And you saw Kamara very frustrated coming off yeah. as well. So it, it's, uh, it's clearly something that's getting to him and, uh, they're going to have to find a way for somebody to get goals for this team to get where they would need to be. You're yeah, right. I get think Sorga taking advantage of one shot though, like and putting it in and all the credit to him, but Kamara hasn't done it. Come, You're right. Come, he also hasn't started. He's every also single been on the field four times as long as. as I mean, yeah, yeah I was like, Kamara's been out Kamara, there a heck of a lot. Kamara, more how many opportunities? Opportunities. He's had. He had an expected goal of what point five today. Like you got, he, he had to make that. He was in on goal. I agree. One I on one with the agree. keeper. I completely agree. I'm just saying that I'm not going to completely write him so off maybe, because I'm super excited that Sorga. No, I'm not going to write him off, but he's not going to hit twenty, and Sorga might have oh, more goals. Not. Sorga does have more goals, as many goals as him now. It was the pin, the only uh, goal. Yeah, he's ready to get the penalty, so they're tied. Wow. Um, that That's not what we thought coming in. and, and No. Uh, but getting back to John's question, because I, I want to stay on track, and everyone's hitting us in the in the comment section. Yamil Assad, is he so, the, the way So forward? that's what I was going to say. And and, and I, I was probably the harshest on Yamil, particularly in Orlando. But I thought, you know, tonight he didn't have any big moments where it was like, Oh, you know, you know, great shot by Yamil or anything, or or super delivery. But he just looked more confident on the ball tonight. I don't know what it was, especially in the first half. He had some good touches. He had some good runs. He was comfortable making moves with the ball, maintaining possession. I could see Yamil Assad really bringing a spark to this offense, particularly in these situations where, you know, if we're going to be primarily defending and and it's going to be important to keep possession when we are advancing into the attack, I could see Yamil adding a spark. Yeah, you know, Yamil's always been that kind of work rate guy, and I don't say that to diminish his talent at all, but it's very much a, you know that you're going to get 100% from him the entire time that he is on the field, running up and down, yeah. marking, getting in second to tackles. He's a guy who is looking to contribute however he can out there. Sometimes the touches don't come off, but you know he's very much a guy who fits with the ethos that we expect to see from this team. Well, and I think that's one of the things that's been super exciting about having the young guys out there, and I, and I know Ben, as you as you clearly brought up earlier uh michael was was like oh you know we're kind of being forced to play these guys i i, I look at it differently like you do of like this is a great opportunity for them and Paredes has earned those minutes for sure um he he got he got a little ahead of himself at one point tonight i i, I know sam and i were both channeling our inner home alone with kevin you know like he <laughs> just he was he was his mind was already on the next play and the ball went right under his leg but, but then he made that phenomenal tackle and afterwards. that's it you know he got back on his horse he ran down he got the ball back and and that, that's what all the young kids are definitely doing on this team is they're they got the energy. They're they're chasing people down. They're not giving them any space. We got a we got a stat in the chat that I can't can't not say. Yamil Assad had an average of sixty five progressive passing yards over this season. His average in twenty eighteen was over one hundred and twenty. 
Uh, is this a sign of the team or a sign of Assad? What, what's going on there? And that's a little bit of what people in Twitter are saying also is that is it um, like a forward problem or is it a, a service problem? Is it that Kamara and Sorga aren't aren't performing or is it that they aren't getting the necessary service? Because no forward is going to score every both. shot. I think, yeah, right? I think we keep going back and forth on this and it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg here. This, the, the service is not so great that we're like, come on forwards, you need to finish this. There are moments in the games where that's happening, but there's also a lot of the moments, a, lo- a lot of the game where there is no service and, and the strikers don't, and Kamara's in our own half picking up the ball. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. And I think, you know, watching this team and, you know, with a one zero victory today, that, that's a huge win. This is not a team that is going to win a shootout. They're not going to, you know, go in and win four three. It's a team that's very much hoping to get a goal, maybe two goals on the day, and hope the result holds out. And that's the way they were set up for it. So when you have that kind of mindset going into a game, I think you really, to what John and uh, Joshua were just saying, it is an issue of both. You're not really trying to go forward. And you have moments like Kamara's moment today where it very much looked like he was surprised to have the ball in a position where he could score. It's the first time, you know, aside from the moment against Philly, it's hard as a striker to be on top of your form, ready to finish when you aren't getting the ball the rest of the time. I completely agree. It's very similar to a goalie who's had no shots on goal and then has to make a save in the 89th minute, right? Like it's hard to stay in form and that, but that's where I'm saying that this game is definitely a step forward compared to what we've been doing in this season, because we had multiple chances that we looked at in many previous games. There was like one solid chance that we said, Oh, they should have finished that, but we can't really blame them for the loss because it was their only chance. Like we had multiple chances this game and we're finally able to capitalize on one of them. We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast presented by Heineken. And if you want to join the show, we'll open up the call in line 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6DCU. It's now on your screen. Let's go. Look at that. <laughs> Money in the in the production suite over there. But this is a game where an, an MLS <laughs> Communications has just tweeted this out. Eric Sorger's goal tonight, he scored the game-winning goal, obviously, in the eighth minute of second half added time, so the 98th minute. It was the only goal in the game with a 1-0 victory, and it was the latest in Major League Soccer history when the lone goal of a game was scored. That's incredible. I uh, love so those crazy soccer there. stats that people come up with. And full credit to MLS Stats for continuing to watch the game all the way through without a horse <laughs> in this race to be able to tell us that that was the latest that anyone has <laughs> I think, ever I think they get paid for it. I well, think that's their horse. <laughs> but on a night where they were like 900 other games and they were all nil-nil at halftime. Oh, yeah. It was, it was brutal. It's not peak MLS normally. It's crazy, craziness. Which was very much... Like a couple days ago, right? Or last night or whatever. There were. Oh, it was uh, the night we played Philly. Everyone was scoring that yeah. night. So, Yeah, I I don't know. The, the, the scoring on this team, you know, one of the – just back to that question for a second. I mean, I, I think – I think things are going to get a little bit open now. I mean, we've got we got guys like Sorga taking chances, which that was that was a shot. And 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 I don't a know. One, yeah. a, a lot of times this season, I don't even know if players are taking that shot that's, on this I team. Think that's that's what important. I mean. It was yeah. like a solid opportunity oh, that he took advantage. I don't. Of. It definitely took a huge deflection. I don't know if it was going to. It's that, not goal of the week. The but side I'm netting pre- on the far side. Appreciative but, that he took the shot. You're right, John. Yeah. People aren't taking that. I'm appreciative he took a shot. I guess I'm taking it a little bit different way, though, of like most of the time this season we're seeing we're taking a touch, we're trying to get open, we're getting dispossessed. Like Kamara earlier in the game, he took that extra touch. And on that's on a day where down. we had five shots total, three of them on target, one of them goes in. Like, yeah, those numbers don't 
necessarily say, hey, yes, this is a team that's absolutely going to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. But they did. I'm about to I'm about to hit up Kevin and be like, Hey, you can you have enough goodwill with the DC United fan base right now. Just shoot every time you get on the ball. <laughs> That's right. And eventually, you score. He might he might not listen to that because then Ben might pull him. But it, it, I'm willing to give it every time he's in the box of the ball. I'm like, shoot, Kevin, shoot. Just he had some pretty great crosses today, though. Like there were some pretty solid opportunities that he was creating, which I love seeing from him. Again, it's just that building confidence. And he had that moment where the ball was played slightly behind him. Was that where you know, he was on the end of it and? Uh, no, he passed that ball. Oh, okay. sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, still, there are creative things going forward. Uh, so there are definitely things that this team can look at and pull out, again, so much better than over the weekend in Philly. Uh, I really do think that they can, you know, try to build on this, especially considering that you're basically starting from scratch when you talk about this lineup. I mean, we, I don't think we've really delved in enough to just how decimated this team is across the board. Now, I'll pull up the injury list in a second, but it is remarkable just how thin things are. And that was mentioned in the post game that it was a really gutting to the team to have Felipe go out so late with that ACL injury. Like that, that just kind of shows that they all really relied on him. Um, and for him not to be available right now, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that builds on, you know, some conversations we've been having more broadly about you know what this team needs to do as far as uh, are there reinforcements outside of the club that they can bring in in, <laughs> in terms of the transfer market you know there's you know reporting this week that this team isn't necessarily looking to to bring in a lot of new folks although we do have it looks like a, a new forward coming in potentially yeah uh so th- there are you know signs of of life in the transfer market but at the same time this is not a team that's looking to break the bank to go all out this season uh, you're kind of stuck with what you've got. So yeah. this team does have to come together over the guys who are on the field, regardless of who goes out with what injury. Yeah, you know what you keep pointing at too, Black, is I, I feel like we only have a couple games left in the season, but we have like a whole part four coming our way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, theoretically, yeah. yeah. Well, but well, I mean, we... there's there's theoretically so many more games to be played, and I think I look at it like we're almost over. Let's just like grind it out. You know, we're in the playoff spot, but like – Theoretically, there's there's so many more games to be played. Yeah, and in theory, we should just be a few days away from an announcement on on what that what the next leg of this crazy season looks like. Um, it's Gilman Rivas is the is the new signing, obviously um, the Venezuelan joining the the black and red, and you know it's it, you wonder if that's a little bit behind maybe a confidence boost for a guy like Sorga who who knows now he's got competition as as at least the backup striker, and of course if he continues to play like this you know production wise and obviously more minutes and things like you know, it, it, the, the results will speak for themselves but um yeah you wonder if there was just a little bit of an extra extra edge tonight of like trying to make something happen knowing that he's got competition coming in yeah and i would love to be in a situation where your backup striker is coming in and scoring that goal when you're already up two goals and you're really putting the icing on oh, the yeah. game rather than you know pulling a much needed victory and you know i don't think again it's far too early to call anything a must win but at some point, you've got to find a way to take advantage of opportunities. And, and we did tonight, though. We did. Like, we did. So that... For sure. Again, it's just positivity coming out from this game. Yeah, and, and talking about injuries, like, just to really you put a, a cap on it, like, you've got Paul Ariola, who's been out and is a starter for the national team. You've got Ezin Flores, who is one of your biggest transfers in, in team history. You've got Birnbaum, who's your captain. Uh, you know, you've got a guy like Canales, who's, you know, so flexible across the board. Uh, and Chris Duyatson being out, Felipe tearing his ACL this week, and then Bill Hamid out for personal reasons. Like 
this is a team that's decimated yeah and still found a way to win for the first time at red bull arena and you know more than nine years which yeah and i think that's my point is like if all of those players were in this lineup i think i'd be a little bit more down on like the way we've been playing and potentially the way we got this win but the fact that you have like all of our backups who are playing right now and these all these young kids under 20 who are like putting in significant minutes and significant moments for this team today i I think that that's a lot to draw on and ben ben said that in the press conference i i agree and and i realize that you know that that is very much what I'm saying as far as, you know, you got to make it do with what you've got, but we're also not going to see the real returns on that for an extended period of time. You, this is not something we're expecting a guy like Moses Nauman to come in and right. make huge jumps game over game. We may look back at this in a year and a half and say, wow, it's such a great opportunity that he got in that we didn't have to find another guy to fill that spot. And you know, he's a day-to-day starter in a year and a half or so. But right now, I think we would all, if we had to win a game, you'd like some of those other guys who are currently out to be on the field. Oh, absolutely. And, and we talked about the feelings within the team and in the locker room, and I, I think this puts us in a good place for those leaders on the team to come back into. You, you know, you don't, you don't want the guys to, to come back to a team that still hasn't won in 177 days. Uh, you want to come back to a team that's high, and, and I know Bill and Steve will know how to boost a team from there. Yeah, and I think that they hopefully are coming back soon. Um, as of the pregame press conference for this one, it, it felt like Steven was pretty questionable, so hopefully he'll be able to make that return for the next game. Um, on the broadcast, it said that um, Chris Odiechim was like also just not cleared to play yet, which led me to believe that he's like just a couple days from being cleared and potentially com- coming yeah. back. So. Um, you know, Paul is getting healthier every day. Not that we're going to see him next match by any means, but I just think that, that you know, hopefully these guys are able to, to come back soon, and that's only going to bolster the team. Well, and we expect to see Hamid back this weekend, uh, according to the Stephen Goff report that broke just, just about around kickoff time. He'll yep. probably be back in the lineup, and, and that's not a knock on Chris Seitz at all. I mean, he played great tonight. He but did play great Hamid's tonight. obviously a, a leader on the team, and, and you look forward to having him come back. And Yeah, yeah I mean – cannot understate the importance of this win and and you know sometimes you just well we talked about it the last couple episodes you need a little bit of luck to go your way and it needs to not always be bad luck and tonight it was not (laughs) bad luck and that's that's important yeah and to your point on sites you know i don't think we saw him make any you know crazy acrobatic saves or you know things that just blew your mind but he did exactly what you want from a backup keeper is stop the shots that he needs to stop and keep your team in the game and you know see what happens from there you know especially after a game that's got to rally your confidence in philadelphia to come back and be ready for this game and you know do exactly what he needed to do you know a lot of credit needs to go his way for this for sure and and with that um let's go ahead and award a man of the match who do i want to put on the spot tonight now i'll go first i never go first i was just about um, to say put yourself on yeah the spot. i'll go first um chris Seitz, absolutely for me tonight i i pick him up as a man of the match he, he had a great game he made he, he did make a, a couple of key saves but he he was calm and composed back there he was bleeding clock when he needed to you know he mm-hmm. he looked like a professional in 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 the role back there um i, I don't think that you know, of all the players we complained about missing tonight, and obviously we kept a clean sheet, so that certainly helps Sorga's case, or excuse me, uh, Sites' case. But um, yeah, I mean, we we didn't miss Bill Hamid tonight. Sites got the job done, yeah. and and that's what counts. And there have been games where 
we have missed Bill Hamid. Uh, you know, absolutely. Past, so. really. <laughs> most most games he doesn't play in, particularly when he was in Belgium. Oh, man. <laughs> sure. Denmark. I'll get it right. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll go next. I mean, I think for man of the match, I have to go with Eric Sorga. I realize it's you know kind of a cop out because for his nine minutes. You know, hey, you know his nine minutes changed the game more than anyone else, except perhaps Chris Seitz, if you want to yeah. say that he kept the ball out of the net. But again, you know, taking advantage of his opportunity, coming in, being ready, and having the confidence to hit that ball, like you, know, you could have very well passed the ball around the box for another you know two minutes and you know, taking the tie and, you know, left Jersey with a point. But as it is, you know, he created a moment of magic and it works. And an honorable mention to Yamil Assad as well. Again, not a guy who made a tremendous impact, but a guy who you you felt was exerting himself on the game. And for a, a guy who's, you know, at times struggled to you know, find the field in other places and really settle in it was a good performance from him today and something to build on there so i look forward to seeing more from him joshua i i struggle with this one i think sam has a point there with the nine minutes uh but also i know the team's probably going to give it to him for for what he did because he scored the goal and that's what happened <clears> i think you could say the same thing about sites um he only made four saves it is a shutout but it was only four saves the dc united get a good job of shielding him like black said there was no acrobatic save so i might i might go with Assad tonight um just to be different i feel like he was more active in the midfield i i feel like the comment that i addressed earlier about the stats he, he needs to to be like he was in 2018 um more uh but he, he was in this game and not screwing it up for us and i feel like that was a big missing link for us in the other games is Assad would get in the ball and not really do anything tonight he passed it around a little bit more and and we did better because of it Sam? So I realized that this has been my answer for the past several games. Oh, my God. You're going to go with Paredes again? I'm <laughs> absolutely going to go with Paredes again. <laughs> I think that he had a very good game. He has made improvements every game. And I, I all of the people that you said, perhaps minus Sorga, because I, I don't believe in that nonsense, but they all had very good games. Um, but wow. Kevin has just... He doesn't I, believe in the nonsense of giving it. the goal scorer the man in the match. No, because he was in the game for nine minutes, and the rest of the team had the to get the to the 0-0 zero, zero point in order for him to be able to score the team didn't score, score the game. So you're giving it to Paredes for his defensive effort? Ooh. I'm giving it to Paredes for all of his effort. I think that he did really well defensively. I think that he's like a, what, 17-year-old kid who was told to play not his position tonight? Like, Sam, welcome to I, MLS. I, I, You're playing wherever we tell you. How many appearances does he get until you... Yeah, Sam, you know you can't make a man of the match when he doesn't get, you know, doesn't play he's one of these games, right? Oh, he's Donald's, so well. Donald's taking, taking up for you in the in, in the chat. Says Thank you, Paredes Donald. was the best player for us tonight, straight up. This is why we're best friends. Oh, um, we also have someone in the chat, Greg, like um, is asking, what about Pines? That, that's I, his I thought Pines, I, it came across my mind definitely more of a man I, I think sites sites gets the credit for the, the clean sheet well, more yeah. than no, pines. I, I will give pines credit for there was a moment where you know sites was on the ground pines came charging in oh, yeah. to clear the ball out from like two yards out and down the stretch you know especially those last couple of corners obviously sorga's guy ended up putting it in but we were looking at it and saying hey you know pines you know, this is your chance to step up and you know, be the guy that can get on the end of this. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's not how it happened. But, but also, you don't need to de- depend upon your defender to be the guy at the end scoring the goal, right? Like, he deserves uh, man of the match for all the rest of the work that sure. he did, potentially. And, and again, if you're going to you know look and say, hey, yeah, this is a, a game that was destined to be 0-0 and then got changed, you do have to give credit to the defense, especially the guy right there in the middle. Uh, 
especially that one moment where he yeah. you know, saved it off it that is just as impactful as the uh, the Sorga goal to some extent. Yeah, and I think you know Pines maybe only had or I'm sorry, um, Sites maybe only had four saves like you mentioned, but I think that they were very key saves. Like there were a couple of them that I was like, "That's going." Oh, it's not Sites saved it. I, I like, think that was just you being a pessimist after last game. You <laughs> <laughs> just got burned on that one, and I was like, "Oh, that one's in the net." But no, it didn't happen. I. I, I want to hit on Pines because uh, he deserves a shout. He's been playing as the leading center back on this team. Yeah. Um, and, oh, man, I don't know how deep we want to get, but it's been a criticism of Birnbaum ever since Boswell left that Birnbaum has not played as the leading center back for this team. Yeah. Uh, left side, right side, whatever you want to call it. But uh, Pines has taken control in the back. Every time there's a, a last-ditch tackle or, or – I'm starting to get towards the edge of my seat. Yeah, right. He's there. He's there. Oh, yeah. And, and, he and does it's, come up big. And you notice it because he's massive. <laughs> and, and when he's going full speed, it, it still looks a little bit in slow motion, but he'll still beat the guy to the ball. And it's it's awesome to see. Do you know what, too? He's also a young guy. Like, this oh, is yeah. the start of his career. So he's bringing that energy that, like, Kevin and yeah, 24? 23 yeah. is what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, he's bringing that young energy, and he's got something to prove on this team. And you, you see that, and he's doing so well. And I just hope that – he can stay injury free because that's really what cut him out of the squad last season. He was like playing a lot of 22. minutes. Wow. So, so if Burnbaum comes back healthy this weekend, which hopefully he does, you know, then you get. And this is where I was going to go earlier. You could potentially get your three center proper backs. center backs in the formation. I would keep Pines in the middle. Ooh. Um, ooh, ooh, which well, Mora or Paredes? Sam's given the man of the match. So Moore has been playing at center oh, back. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Moore is not. You're, you're starting your Moore. three center backs. So do you backs not start Moore on the bench? Push Moore out. Oh, you're, you're asking. You sorry, you're asking Kevin. who am I yeah, pulling off? Um, yeah, I don't know. I might give Kevin a break put, and, and put Joe out there. And that's not that's not due to a dip in he form at all. One. <laughs> he, he's, he's been playing a ton of he's minutes. Seventeen, he can do it. Yeah, but you know, you, you can always sub him on. I, yeah, I, I right. would like and to see Joe outside yeah. in in, an, in his natural position. And that was something we heard from Ben in the press conference this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're, you're right, talking you're right. about I was how about to that. you know the guys you know who are 16, 17, 18. Yes, they can run all day, but should they? Is it physically? Right, is it is a different question? And like ideal for them to do so? It's you're not. Right. Yeah. And that is a challenge for the coach as well. You know, to manage these guys who are going to want to you know go out there and run their butt off the entire game. And understand that, hey, you've got to go again in just a couple of days. And I honestly see that making Kevin even more hungry. Like, if he were to get oh, pulled yeah. off and that's like, this is just for your health. This isn't a knock on your play. Keep doing you. Like, yeah. we just want to give you a break. I see him being like, okay, sub me on, though, and see what I can do. Well, like, right. I can and and I think you need that for players that. at all ages and all ability levels. Every once in a while, I'll pull him off. Give him, give him a break. Even just for a little bit of like, yeah. you know, you, you, you don't. Not every week, right? But <laughs> I, I mean, heck, I would even go, you know, Joe and Fish outside, maybe. Yeah. I would you know, love that, to that see would be Fish fun to get see. more minutes. He's done so well since coming back. And I, I was definitely a large critic of his before the injury, but I think he's done so well since coming back. I, I don't know if you guys have the answer, but John, you mentioned Mora being back in his proper position. I don't think left wing back is what Paredes came up through the academy as. Oh, it's not. Right? That's so, what I'm saying. I Welcome to so. MLS. You're yeah. going to play outside your position when we need you to. And that's you just got to roll with it. And I think he did well today, and that's why I gave him man of the match. We're short in midfield now, so there might be some chances there. 
Well, and, and you put him in center midfield. Sorry to cut you off, John. N- no, and in and I mean, what's ultimately going to be telling is can we continue to play two center, uh, two center defensive mids? You know, with with the injuries we've had, right? And does that potentially you know make a change here? So it, it'll be interesting. Let's shift a little bit here, and, and of course, if you disagree with our analysis or, or, or want to hit us with questions, uh, the phone lines are, are, are still open here: two zero two eight nine two six three two eight. That's two zero two eight nine two six DCU. And of course, you can get involved using the hashtag Tried and True DCU. Um, or, or jumping on any of our, our streaming services. And you can text that line. You don't have to call. You can also text that line. That's right. Um, but looking around the league a little bit, um, obviously it's interesting. We haven't seen Pippa in, in a long time for this team. I mean, it's and been since Florida. if he was injured or not. Yeah, just, just biding his time until oh, he can no. jump in. I'm talking about maybe those dos pipas. Well, <laughs> we, we thought, but... Uh, in Miami? I was going to say Miami obviously making the move uh, for, for Gonzalo. And, and for a minute there, we thought this was just like a, a DC United said, ah, we're, we're good. We got one Iguain. We don't need the other. You can just have the discovery rights. But it sounds like it was broken earlier today that it was uh, what is about 50K, 50K in some flavor of Garber uh, Bucks. Uh, Gam. Gam. I, and I think that's like <laughs> so it's the better Bucks, one. Yeah. The minimum. <laughs> it, it, Depends. No, fifty k is your pretty standard, oh, yeah. you know, for an allocation spot. No, no, no I'm saying that that gam's the better than tam. Gam, you can yeah. pretty much use on anything. Yeah, yeah, it's like, all, all different than fam, <laughs> which is only redeemable at outfield. You can't use that anymore, actually. Oh, it, it, it's fine to get paid in fake money for a right that you didn't actually ever control. Like the guy never set foot in. DC no, I'm day, pretty so. sure DC and I did discover Gonzalo Higuain. <laughs> <laughs> they discovered him like a month ago when Federico was like, he might be trying to come over here. <laughs> One of these oh, days man. we'll do a show on MLS rules and. Oh man. Uh, feel free to tune out for that. Well, that's what's just where DC United's like, I followed him on Twitter first, right? Yeah. So that gives me the discovery uh, rights. That's the new and improved discovery rights is like who followed him first. That's the millennial version. Yeah. Like uh, I, I'm, people have been asking about this stuff in the chat, so I'll, I'll address it. I don't think Gonzalo would have been a good fit for DC United. I, I think, yeah, I agree. I don't think he's a generational talent like Wayne Rooney. And I don't want to see this team take another big risk on a player like that. And, and Rooney I don't know. It depends on. We'll get into the history lesson another time. Whether that was worth it. I, I liked him playing for DC United. I don't think Gonzalo would have been the same result. Um, That's fair. And, and I, I'm interested to see how he does in in Miami. He's going to have Who need it. A, a crazy cast. They do need it. They their only other striker. I think well, the rating Juventus at the moment is uh, just yeah. kind of crazy for an MLS team. Yeah. I mean, they were like rating like the back of their cabinets. Matuidi didn't start, and he's like old now. But he he won the World Cup. Like two years ago. Yeah, which granted, I don't want to see another Eastern Conference team get stronger, but like, geez Louise. (laughs) Well, and that's kind of what we've talked about before is, you know, there's a difference between saying, hey, this team needs help, and this guy came in, why didn't we get him? And a full-on strategy of a team saying, okay, you know, this is what we're looking for. If you can't get a generational talent like Wayne Rooney, we're not going to slash the cash and wait for the next window or whatever the next opportunity is. You know, at some point, you get frustrated with that and say you're just passing everybody because you can't find a Wayne Rooney. Oh, but yeah. but I think you made the point earlier that it's not like we're spending a whole lot of money on players who aren't working for us also, and that's the alternative right. that we could be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a little bit of what Atlanta was doing, and PT Martinez was sold today because he wasn't working out for Atlanta the way they wanted him for to. For a 25% sold. profit. Like, you know, if we could bring in a guy and, yeah. and You're right, but prior to today, that was just like a debt on the books, right? He wasn't providing for Atlanta the way that they wanted to, so like that could be our alternative. 
back to the other uh, d- DC United side of things. Uh, so speaking of Everton players coming to DC United, Gilfie Sigurdsson, uh, I, I think I, I, we saw about this because someone yeah. pulled up his stats in the Premier League and, and added our account or, or like tagged us in the picture. Uh, what do you guys think of that news? I, listen, this dude always hits bangers against Leicester City, so <laughs> for him to not be in the Premier League would be a win for me. Uh, but yeah, bringing him in, I, I think it'd be great. I, you know, I think, um, ju- especially you know earlier today when when we didn't just win a game in the last second and we were all a little bit more down on this team, you know, just being connected to these types of moves is good you know like when, when we're talking about bringing in some of these players and we're having conversations with them you know you appreciate that there's there's some level of ambition in there and, and and i think a lot of folks would say and rightfully so that you know you'd love the ambition to be similar to in atlanta where you're, you're going out and you're, you're paying big money for young south american players with bright futures that you can sell on instead of you know players closer to the end of their career who are tearing up the premier league or or who are just you know even even middling in the premier league but they could be really good in mls um I, there's definitely a difference there but i, I think just seeing these types of links is is promising in some ways so we have a question on whether um from greg on periscope on whether or not he would solve the service question from earlier uh guilty so good and hits bangers uh, he can score from literally 40 yards out and it's what he does i, I yeah. i'll pull up a montage for you guys later it's ridiculous uh i i think the picture that we were that i was talking about we were tagged in showed his chance creation from the midfield of everton and i, I didn't dwell into it too deep but i can imagine if they were making the graphic for it it was pretty good I think he yeah. would be good at this level. I don't know for how long. Um, I, I think he's not a 10. And, and to John's point, we, we are kind of doing the South American thing. We can also keep doing this thing. It, it puts people in seat. People want to come see the Premier League stars play for DC United. Uh, so, so doing both would be great. Uh, I would love it. I, I think this team doesn't play with a 10 if he comes, but that would be... We could also, do the Icelandic clap, and I wouldn't hate it if we had him remember on the we, roster. Do we still do that? <laughs> we did it for a little while. Also, I would prefer to sign Premier League players at the end of their career than MLS players at the end of their career because we were doing that for a while in D.C. Oh, we're United. Still doing it was oh we were doing well, it. Schober got we benched tonight in favor of Joseph Mora, which is throwback to Latu. Like I don't know that no, he was the best signing, and that was kind of the Nagel. the area, yeah, that I was talking about in DC United history yeah. where we were just signing those those people who potentially should yeah. have retired before well, we got the chance. And going back to your point about uh, be just being linked with these moves, you know, you definitely do want to be in the conversation. You know, so much of what we see publicly reported is the smoke and mirrors, the agents putting out things, the teams putting out things and, you know, really negotiating anywhere, but in the room between them, but you do like to be included in the conversation and that as long as people perceive you as a realistic destination, as somebody who could make it work, that can be enough sometimes because eventually, you know, one of these things is going to come through and it's going to work. Like Wayne Rooney a couple years ago, we heard, Hey, you know, the team's looking at it. You know, he's been linked and you know, it took more than a year for that signing to actually happen. And it was a huge signing and made a huge impact on this team. And Dave Johnson said that he was shocked when he had been told about that signing and then it came through. So, yeah. So, you know, to talk about, you know, it's it's dangerous to get too far into transfer market rumors, and I do agree that you don't want to just go after the hottest name just because he is available. But to be included in that conversation is great because DC United of you know the 2013-2014 is not getting linked with a Gonzalo Guinean or a, you know, a Wayne Rooney or any of these other big names coming out. Yeah, no, th- that's for sure. And, and but I mean, I think 
none of none of these rumors we've heard of the last couple of days changes what what at least I said the other night after the Philly game. I don't think we're going to make any more signings or at least any marquee signings. You may see us bringing in players to you know try to fill roster holes that have been created due to injuries or, or yeah. due to things like that. But I, I just I can't see us breaking the bank. And it, it was it was frustrating to hear you know on, on Twitter the other day Stephen Goff pointing that you know the team doesn't really expect to make any more moves and 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 even some sources inside the team were telling him that it sounds like they're in cost-cutting mode right now which is frustrating um you know admittedly you know i've talked about it before we talked about it with dave johnson the the team's got a number of different accounts open right now with with loudon and building the new stadiums and building the new practice facility and not having fans in the stands to generate revenues and there's challenges I, i i get that across the board but it is definitely frustrating to hear, you know, if, if that's the, the ownership mentality right now of like, we're just going to kind of cost cut and float through the season. Um, that, that hurts, especially when a team like this can, you know, can get a last minute result and give you a little hope. Yeah. Like you're, you're never that many pieces away in this and league. Seattle has shown it. You're, you're sometimes you're just one piece away Yeah, for years in a row, years in a row. Right. They do it. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if we really look at this team and say, Hey, you get one piece. Like, if you had a full-on 10, like we haven't seen it from Flores yet, but if you had a full-on 10, is that the one piece you are away? I don't even think that we're a Wayne Rooney away from being a you know, top two, three team in the in uh, the conference. I guess I do wonder if uh, with a healthy roster, yeah. if we were a 10 away. I, I and, and, and Flores might could even be that 10. You guys are going to hate me. You drop a healthy roster, like, roster, like you said. We're getting ready to meet you right now. Don't yeah. say it. If you drop Prime Lucho in this, what does it look like? What is it? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not talking about. It. He's gone, right? That that Lucho will probably never exist again. But if you take peak 2018 Lucho and put him in the midfield with this team healthy, I think probably. I completely agree with you. But then he dropped the ball, sad. or or, not, or he's frustrated about on the, the ground hurts. So. Don't care about the history lessons. I think that's that that's shows. What you're bringing up. No, I think that shows. No, we're talking about this team. Is this team one piece away? And I think if you drop peak 2018 Lucho in this team, this team is top of the East well, or close. If you dropped peak 2018 DC United in this team, they would be you know, a top uh, team in the East. This yeah. team would probably get wiped on uh, the floor. I, I, th- I think with a, with a, with a healthy roster and, and a proper 10. And, and again, Flores could be that guy. It just hasn't been yet. Um, it, it would certainly confirm if we have a striker problem or not. I think I think with that lineup, we would we would you're know right. yeah. if it was the chicken or the egg. If it was the, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you, sure. you're talking more like a you know you're plugging holes and then you see where you know things start keeping come through. It you know, feels like we have I so many holes it. right now. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, if your boat is sinking, and I don't, I'm, again, that's a, an improper analogy because it's still way too early to say this. Yeah. The ship yeah. is sinking on the season, but you do have to figure out what the problems are, and you know, maybe it's transfers, maybe it's something else, but. Again, one win does not cure all of the ills that we've seen over the last few games. Yeah, our resident Everton fan in the chat here says that uh, Sigurdsson's a better, probably a better ten than Flores, but uh, you know, still no to that move, and it would have to be a fully <laughs> free roll. So, yeah, interesting. We'll see what happens. I, I think it'll be you know next summer at the earliest, if I if I had to guess. But you know, looking ahead as we wind down the show, um, Joshua, you pulled the table earlier, and this team's in a playoff position right now, which is insane. <laughs> Um, but also there's, there's a lot of seasons still to play as, as Sam's mentioned and, um, definitely, you know, New York city this weekend, I, I believe they're, they're definitely a better team than the Red Bulls, but I don't know that they're like, they're, they're not the New York city of, of the past couple no, of years. They're, where they, they're definitely the not. The they did beat the Revs two nothing today. Uh, I just saw that, but yeah, they're, they're not the high flying top of the East that they have been for 
two or three seasons now. They 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 were what they were close to the bottom of the table if I'm not wrong after MLS is back because they had not secured a win yet. Yeah, they still advanced though if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, they that, did basically through. everyone but us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we don't have to play them on a baseball field, so that's that's solid. That game is Sunday that helps. night. And so. he, yes, right. And even the away leg won't be on a baseball field this year, as as seemingly half of the Eastern Conference is playing it at Red Bull Arena. Um, you know, around the local teams, Loudon and, and I, I had to check the schedule a couple times. They play away to Hartford again uh, on Saturday night, which is insane. We've gotten beat by Hartford a number of times this year. Uh, the last game away to Hartford was the heartbreaking last-second draw. So maybe this is this is Loudon's chance to get the dub uh, away to Hartford. We'll see what happens. There's still a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, even if they don't, those games are wild. If if you want to see a couple, I guess at this point they're all DC United prospects. Uh, yeah. Not even just the kids, the the, the guys they sign. Uh, the whole team is pretty young, but they just they play fast and loose. It's fun. It's it's a lot of fun to watch, and you're definitely looking forward to hopefully getting out to a game there this year. Um, and speaking of Sager Field, uh, the Spirit are are back in action. Surprise! Uh, right <laughs> um, against Sky Blue FC. It's officially nope. announced. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, but that's uh, 1 p.m. at Segra behind closed doors. Uh, so no fans at that one, but that's on big CBS uh, this weekend for the return of the NWSL. So exciting times ahead for the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to tuning into that. Yeah. But other than that, uh, obviously the black and red uh, live at Audi. Uh, that's Sunday at what? Seven, seven thirty. We keep changing kickoff time. Seven p.m. Um here so I, I think there's a chance that you can even have your own little what cardboard fan in the in the stands oh, i think the cutout is like either today or yesterday on that so oh, make sure oh, you they get put this. it they put it on the broadcast today oh did they so, yeah yeah i, I, I have that maybe future games i think they said five o'clock today i, I, I think that was the deadline to be in there in time for this weekend yeah, uh, if you want to kind of be at the game this weekend yeah you had to get it in early so Anyways. I would like to point out before we wrap up that um, prior to the game, DC United and New Jersey did put out a joint statement um, about Black Lives Matter. And you did see the crest on the jersey today, um, which I think is great that they were able to come together. I was surprised that on the New Jersey. Well, I think that was just a print thing. No, it was. Oh, but okay. no, you're right. I'm sorry. Crest was the wrong word. It was a little print on the jersey. I was surprised that it was in like the New Jersey red. So obviously they had like put forethought into it. It wasn't just like the staple white oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, and I would also like to point out that Real Salt Lake and um, the Monarchs and all the affiliates are, are being sold right now. Um, so I think that, you know, we had a, a very large conversation last episode about Black Lives Matter and about all that the, the team and the league are doing on that front. And, I you know, we obviously didn't devote half the episode to that this time, but it's still a conversation worth having. And it's not something that's going away because Black Lives Matter every single day. So. You know, it was great to see that the team did that. I'd still urge everybody um, to stay on DC United about whatever they're doing um, to promote the movement. Um, the players seem really excited about what's happening. Um, we obviously haven't seen anything yet. You know, DC United as an organization is still learning. Um, everybody has fallen short in the past, DC United is included. So I'm excited to see what they have rolling out. But this this was a good thing that they did. And it's a good thing that the league is doing and pressuring um, Real Salt Lake to be sold. I believe that they had kind of started an inquiry, and then um, what is it, Dale Hansen Loy, right? Dale DHL, Hansen-Loy. yeah. Um, he d- 
decided to sell on his own and it was a little bit of a you can't fire me I quit situation but I think it's good that that did happen because apparently these were very systemic problems that he had in running his organization so I just do want to point out that those changes are being made and it's important that us as fans keep talking about it and still demanding this change to happen in this league and remarkable that you see a a move like that in MLS where in other leagues particularly with teams local to the DMV area uh, ownership changes do not happen nearly as quickly so it was remarkable to see it happen that quickly and obviously Deloitte Hansen is going to come out fine on the sale and MLS franchises have gone up in in value but uh, yeah it is interesting to see a resolution to that situation there yeah no definitely well said Sam and thanks for bringing bringing that back to the forefront here on our show um that's a wrap for us tonight we appreciate all of the interaction as as usual tonight uh we will talk to you guys again live around 9 ish p.m on on your sunday night uh but but no reason to go to bed early on sunday labor day on monday um i'll be joining in with hopefully nice beach views in the background remotely for the show sam's like i really hope i get the board right so yeah exactly (laughs) everyone be patient with me it's going to be fun. Uh, New York City FC is the opponent, and uh, we'll talk at you live after that game right here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim, but the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize, keep a social distance and quarantine. Simple tomb, oh, wait, Tamala is a simple tomb. Itchy eyes and flu is